Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz from Right Right. Now, this is the podcast where we talk about bicycling just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from all over the nation. So come for the bike, stay for the fun, leave with a smile. How's it going? It's going good. Back yeah. from vacation. Yeah, things are good. Yeah. It's uh, football season pretty much around our household. we got two kids involved in the uh, high school season. we got my daughter's a cheerleader and uh my son's playing football, so keep him a little busy with that with that kind of stuff. And you know, when when football season arrives, we know Ragbri's over, vacation's over, and it's time to <laughs> get back to school. So uh, life is good. Yeah. How about yeah. you? How's it going in the the Wyatt world? You know, good, good. Uh, Jennifer has a buddy that just got a new bike, so they were out early this morning before sunrise. Uh, and got 10 miles in on the trail, so I was like, um, I'd love to join you, but I'm going to I'm gonna sleep in for this one. They, they had a good time. She got a, Her friend got a brand new bike, and, and she says, boy, there's a lot of difference with a road bike. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Very cool. Very cool. Well, it is nice. If you remember your first time you went from, you know, other bike to road bike, what a world of difference it's kind of like oh yeah someone gave you the keys to say a porsche <laughs> and yeah so it's kind of kind of interesting to to go for your first ride on a road bike and wow i'm really fast so yeah so that is that is cool you can always buy fast that's what i've discovered yeah that is true that is true yeah. i mean people you, you know there's there's a lot of things you could buy in this world and you know buying a faster bike is is one thing Ask the triathlon people. They sink tons of money into uh, making things faster and faster. So there's 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 always the ability to invest into into speed. Yeah, no, 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 no doubt about that. No doubt. So cool. Uh, we we talk about kind of the slow things on this podcast typically. And, and <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, hey, uh, speaking of slow, here here was my week. This is what I did this week. I had to go to an Iowa City Council meeting. Uh, because okay. they were considering considering passing some bike ordinances. Now, they weren't going to pass all the bike ordinances we wanted, so I was there to make the pitch to say, you know, there's a few things that you didn't cover here that we'd like to see covered. So, meeting starts at 7 p.m., and my topic came up just right around 10 p.m. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, and, of course... Of course, the rules are you ha- you can only speak for five minutes or less. And I'm like, I waited three hours to make five minutes count. Okay, here we go. Yep. <laughs> so wow. it was, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not the type of person that wants to sit through a council meeting every week, uh, but uh, it was interesting. It was, there was some drama going on with land use and things like that. So it's it kind of fun to see the civic wheels turning, but Ultimately, we got some new laws uh, for bikes passed in in the city of Iowa City, Um, and uh, this just follows some new laws that we've passed in some other communities, too. So so we're pretty excited about this. Here's the one that you're not going to believe. In Iowa City, uh, there was no no provision uh, that you could use a light on your bike at night. It had to be... A reflector. 
Can you believe that? Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> um, so, you know, a lot of these local bike laws have been throwbacks to the 50s, and they get enforced every uh, once in a while, and it's just like, well, maybe things have changed. Um, so we went through and did yeah. some analysis with Iowa City. We've done it with 269 other communities across the state and have a, a group of model bike ordinances that we are hopscotching around try to pass. So if somebody's interested in their local community, yeah. contact us, and uh, we can help you uh, help you and give you some advice to get uh, your laws updated in your community and add some things that are positive for bicycling. So that's, that's my victory. Small victory. There's more yeah. to come on this one, but small victory for the week. I'll tell you a quick little story about bike commuting. Uh, this morning on the way in, I'm, I'm driving, and, uh, you know, I live, oh, I don't know, you know, 20 minutes away or something like that. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. driving a vehicle today. And, you know, in, in the city of Des Moines, there's some really good, um, you know, on, on-street on facilities for, for, for mm-hmm. bicyclists. And lo and behold, I see against traffic on a sidewalk going the wrong way, Um I don't know, probably a, an older woman, probably she was probably in her 50s, 60s, somewhere around there. Uh, and she was in a, it looked like a, a skirt or a dress riding a bike fairly fast, but on the wrong direction on the sidewalk going about 10 miles an hour. And there are, you know, cars coming out of parking garages that are certainly, you know, if they look to the right, it's yeah. a it's a miracle. You know, they're certainly not looking for someone speeding that that quick, maybe a slow walker or something like that. But I'm like, okay, here's all the great facilities in the world that that the city puts in. How do you educate that one person without like literally stopping her and say, are you? Do you know what you're doing? How unsafe it is for yourself and and other people, but um, you know, some sometimes it's tough too. How do you educate people like that? Because all mm-hmm. all the other motorists are saying, "Look at that crazy cyclist." You know, that's why you know we build all these lanes and look at that look at that idiot right there. They're they're just they're going to get killed. Uh, I can't believe that person. We spent all this money on facilities. Blah 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 blah. So. It, it's kind of interesting at times. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the solution is. But, um, I mean, I'm glad she's out there riding a bicycle. Um, that's good. Um, but it's probably going to end pretty tragic um, because some, some car is going to come out of a parking garage and, and, and bumper. And um, it's going to be really unfortunate. But So you can have the greatest facilities in the world. And if people don't use them properly, um, it doesn't help. Well, you know, and some of it's the facility because not everything connects. So I had somebody True. I had somebody True. bring this up to me the other week and she's you know, why do you use why do you ride on the road when there's this trail right next to you? And and that's not me. He wasn't talking about me in specific, but I know people do. And I said, you know, here's the balance that I think in my mind everywhere I go. Um, what's the most efficient way that I can get from where I'm at to where I'm going? Uh, balanced with what's the safest way that I can get from where I where I'm at to where I'm going, and that's a trade off that you gotta sit yep. there and think. It's like, you know, I'm just going to the end of the block. Um, I could do the do the right thing, get on the road and make two left turns, and might get hit in the process, or I can just go the wrong way down. This that's the balance that's going through people's minds, sure. and right, wrong, or indifferent. 
Um, I think that's a constant struggle, especially when the system doesn't fully connect up. Um, that you're like, well, sometimes I got to make up my own way to get there because it's just not easy to get that spot. Yeah. I don't know. Um, sure. yeah, I would, yeah. I can, I would, yeah. I would say everybody has a different perspective on how they feel safe, though. That's the other, that's the other real kicker in this process because this woman may just be terrified of biking in a bike lane or anywhere near a car. Um, it, and it's and, not even that. Even if she was on the sidewalk going with the flow of traffic, that right. people coming out of the parking. I mean, that that was the part that I understand. There are people that, that have the fear of God of riding on, on you know, with cars. So mm-hmm. I get that part. But riding against traffic, um, you know, into into traffic, with especially how many, you know, there are, there are alleys and people just aren't expecting someone coming that fast. And even if you sure. look left, look right, you start to pull out, you know, someone riding a bike is coming a lot quicker and you can't, you can't see someone when you're coming out of a, you know, the way that parking garages are, are built. So you have a little better chance of you're riding with the flow of traffic to be seen. And so, I mean, I mean, sidewalks certainly aren't really invented for, for bicycles, but I mean, if you don't feel the need that you need to be on the street, at least go with the flow of traffic and i know there's mixed bags on on all that but uh i i just i don't know what the solution is but i just know that that's not going to end well and um and i i you you know you wonder like you know if if that woman was hit you know do they blame the motorists like oh yeah well I mean, technically, is she is she in the right? I mean, those are ones like that. You're like, you know, there's no winners, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. But how how do we prevent something like that is always a a question. Or how do you educate on that? And I I don't know the answer to that one. Yeah, and it's tough because the other balance is, and we found this in Iowa City, is that there's been a huge over the past decade, maybe two, um, a huge emphasis on building wide sidewalk facilities that are meant for bicycle traffic. And so at some point, the government's been encouraging us to ride on sidewalks uh, and call them trails. Um, And at some points, that's dangerous for things like that to happen. Um, So it's a man, it's a delicate balance until until we get, you know, protected bike lanes that people feel safe in everywhere, which is going to be a long, long time before we're able to kind of retrofit the whole system. Yeah. yeah, until we get there, uh, that's that's bound to happen. Um, Iowa City is putting in a whole bunch of bike lanes. Clinton Street uh, just got uh, moved to a four-lane to a three-lane. Uh, Mormon Trek uh, just got moved from a four-lane to a three-lane. Um, and here's the interesting part. None of that really has anything to do with the bike lanes, even though they put bike lanes in. Uh, but it'll reduce rear-end collisions for motor vehicles. Uh, and make it a little bit safer for the flow of motor vehicles, easier to turn left, that sort of thing. So be kind of interesting. I'm sure there's going to be stellar pushback on this, but uh, give it time. Uh, sometimes yeah. having good connected facilities makes makes a bunch of difference in the world. Yeah. So, Well, I'm glad we're having the conversation. I mean, at least instead yeah. of just, eh, let's just build things for cars and <laughs> eh, heck with the bikes. So. That's good. So, so you got anything else? I know Murph's got an interview with Ryan Van Duzer. That name sound familiar to you? You know Ryan? Uh, his videos are awesome, man. I love yeah. it. I 
I now I briefly saw Ryan in I think it was Stewart. Uh, we'd stop no 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 um, Dexter or some one of those towns. So it was the one we yeah. came into town and went through the little park and then downtown. Um, I think the one Dexter. with the water tower and cornfield outside. That one. It's the one the town with the great big cornfield <laughs> yeah, yeah. outside. You know exactly what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyhow, I saw him briefly go by and kind of yelled for him and he just kept going so i missed him um but uh, uh yeah i i think he's a great guy his videos are awesome i think he's he's traveled the world and had a good time so that's pretty cool super yeah super guy um out of boulder um i've had him on rag Bryce several times he came this year with his mom which is really wow. cool so um yeah so i'm i'm looking forward to hearing the podcast that aka murph did with ryan van duzer Well, hello, Just Go Bike Podcast listeners, a.k.a. Murph here, and today I have a very special guest on the podcast. Ryan Van Duzer is an outdoor adventure extraordinaire. You've probably seen Ryan documenting various adventures on TV, or maybe you've seen one of his many YouTube videos, or maybe you've been lucky enough to sit through one of his motivational speeches. Uh, Ryan is joining us today to talk bicycling, and more specifically, his Ragbri cycling experience. So, hey, Ryan. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. And right before we push record, you said you just finished an epic running experience. So uh, you hopefully can switch gears and talk a little bit about bicycling. Yeah, I'm sick of running. Let's talk about bikes. <laughs> awesome. Well, how about uh, um, you know, a couple minutes to tell us a little bit about yourself and your amazing online presence that you've created? All right. Well, so I am born and raised in Boulder, Colorado. The outdoors have always been my playground. Sweet. Ever since I was a kid, I've loved riding bikes. And when I was very young, I learned a little bit about Earth and Earth Day, and I wanted to be as environmentally friendly as possible. So I decided that I would never have a car. Never. And I would ride my bike everywhere I go. Awesome. And so I am now 40 years old. I've never had a car. I ride my bike to commute in town where I live in Boulder. I also ride my bike for adventure and joy and health and all those other reasons why we love riding bikes. Awesome. So have you ever taken the time to get your driver's license? I actually did have to get my license at age 32. I was doing some car commercials. Oh, and, no uh, way. So They needed me to be driving, and the director of the commercial was like, so, yeah, you're just going to get in the car and drive down the road. And I was like, wait, wait, I don't, I don't drive. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even God. know how to drive. So uh, I do have a license, but do not trust me. If uh, you need me to drive your car, I am not, <laughs> I'm not the guy to do it. Oh, my gosh. That is an amazing story in itself. Yeah. Yeah. So you have all kinds of online presences. Yes. Presence is I. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I love YouTube. YouTube is my outlet that I love the most. I, I've worked in TV for years. I worked for Travel Channel and some other uh, big TV networks. But YouTube is great because I get to share my heart and my soul with the world. You know, you work for Travel Channel somebody else is pretty much handing you a script and you're just reading somebody else's words and it's exciting to be on travel channel but it's not my heart and soul youtube is me and so i upload videos about the good times and the bad times 
and bikes and running and whatever else I want to talk about. I highlight a lot of nonprofits in Boulder. I'm just trying to make the world a better place and I do it through storytelling. Awesome. And uh, I've definitely seen plenty of your YouTube videos. They are inspiring. Um, you, you just you do a great job. Thank you. Yeah, we should probably do a quick shout out. It's uh, doozertv.com. We'll That's get right. you to your website and then connect you to all your YouTube channels and all that, all your yeah. outlets. So yeah. that's awesome. Okay, so this year, I believe, was your fourth RAGBRAI. Is that true? Yep, that is true. Okay, and so to spice things up, you pedaled from Colorado to the start of RAGBRAI, and then you did RAGBRAI uh, mm-hmm. with a fun group, and I think you included your mom based on videos. Yeah. Seen. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. So how was that ride out to Council Bluffs? Well, I, I love riding my bike. I love going on bike adventures. It was kind of a last minute decision. I was going to drive out in a van with my mom and all of her friends. But I decided, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to go ride my bike out there. I think that'd be kind of a fun voyage, even though it's not like epic Colorado mountains. I was going through eastern Colorado and Nebraska. There's charm everywhere, mm-hmm. and I love I love going to these small towns and, and meeting people. It was extremely hot. It was the hottest temperatures I have ever dealt with in my life. I've been all over the world to tropical countries, and that heat wave just about cooked me. When I was mm-hmm. in Nebraska, the heat index was like 115. I remember camping at nighttime in my tent. It was still in the 90s. I was dripping like I was Ugh. in a sauna. It was it was pretty crazy. The headwinds were really bad. So as far as a ride goes, it was very physically difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like pushing myself. And, you know, I was out there and I, I met some cool people and I was I was on my bike. That's all I had to do all day is just ride my bike. And I'm very grateful for the fact that that's what I got to do. And not to mention, you know, you're in a um, hundred and some degrees uh, air temperature, but then you put in the, you know, the whole heat advisory factor <laughs> and you were pushing a uh, hundred miles a day. Yeah. I was going, I had to go about a hundred miles a day to get to Ragbri on time. Wow. So I, was a big push. so I also um, rode my bike out to the start of Ragbri, but I was going the opposite direction. So I, oh, no. I still Very had cool. the heat. But I didn't have that terrible headwind that you suffered for days on end, and I did not uh, do a hundred miles a day. So, but I I can agree with you that heat was probably the the most intense that I've ever experienced. And just like you said, you know, you crawl into your tent, or we were hammocking, and you're just like, I feel like I am in a sauna. Like there's yeah. just no relief at all. <laughs> it it was crazy, and I'm jealous that you had those those head uh, the tailwinds. Yeah. I, all I wanted to do was turn my bike around, but I wasn't going west. Unfortunately, I was going to Iowa. <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, how did, would you describe your 2019 Ragbri experience? Oh, it was so awesome. You know, I've done Ragbri before um, with friends, and I, I told I would always tell my mom about it. And my mom's not really a cyclist, but I got her uh, an e-bike earlier this year, and she's been putting on the miles, and she committed to doing Ragbri months ago. And we brought our good friends, Dana and Xantha, and a few others, people that are always in my videos, because I wanted to share this beautiful, you know, event with them. You know, I, I come home with all these stories and, you know, it's, it's, you, stories can only, can only do so much. And I wanted them to experience firsthand and they absolutely loved it. You know, they were riding, uh, my mom was on an e-bike, another friend was on an e-bike. And what I love about e-bikes is it's, it's like you know, it allows my mom to do things with me that she wouldn't otherwise be able to do. There's yeah, no way sure. she would be able to pedal 
80 miles on a regular bike, but on an e-bike, she can do it. And she can stop and get the pie and have fun. And, you know, we met so many wonderful people. And, you know, Iowa has a special place in my heart. And it's all because of Ragbri, you know. Awesome. And, you know, if anybody uh, who hasn't been to Iowa will think Iowa is just what they see on Interstate 80 as they drive through. There's so much more to this great state as far as uh, elevation and beauty. And, you know, like this year we went through a state park, um, Geode State Park. And yeah, that's cool. It was pretty steep, too. Yeah, it really was. There are some serious hills. And, you know, we went by one of the Jesse James historical markers, oh, yeah. the first place, first place he ever robbed a bank. Yeah. And we were right si- outside of Adair, Iowa, where they were making all their famous ice cream with the old tractor. And just every town has so much history and they have their own identity. As you go, you you go from one town and then 20 miles later, the next town is totally different. And uh, they all have their own stories and traditions. And it's just, it's pure joy. It's hard to wipe the smile off my face during the week of rag <laughs> And you mentioned uh, your mom had some pie. Hopefully um, you guys enjoyed some good pie. Yeah. I also had the state fair winning cinnamon roll Whoa. out there one day. Yeah, it was very good. I, I was I was a fan of the cinnamon rolls this year. They were, uh, they were on point. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, besides Ragbri, I know that you've been on some epic bicycle tours. Uh, do you want to give the listeners a highlight or two of where you've been? It's just amazing. Yeah. So my first one was a big one back in 2005. I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Honduras. I was living in a small village for two years. And I decided that the best way to get home would be to ride my bike. And I had never done a bike trip before this. I didn't know anything about gear or bikes, any of that stuff. And I pedaled away from my little village of La Esperanza. And I rode my bike all the way back to Boulder. It took about three months. I went all through Central America and Mexico. And that trip is really the trip that got me excited about bike travel. Because you go slow enough to really experience everything and feel the wind in your hair. Hopefully not too much headwinds. And go through these small towns where they never, you know, a lot of them had never even seen like a white guy. Mm -hmm. You know, I come rolling in on a bike and I'm like this, you know, like this. To them, I was like a movie star. So (laughs) it was it was really it was really cool. And um, so that was my first one. I rode a cruiser bike across the United States in 2009, sponsored by New New Belgium Brewery. And the whole idea of that ride was to show people that you don't need to have the best gear to do bike rides or even just ride your bike to work or the grocery store. I've done a lot of bicycle advocacy work in my life because I, I just want more people to ride bikes. I yeah. think it's fun. It's good for the environment. And I think I think we humans as a society, especially in the Western world, United States, if we rode our bikes more, I think we'd be a lot happier society. So I'm always trying to get people to ride their bikes. And that was the point of that ride. I've gone down both the East and the West Coast. I've ridden my bike across Cuba. Um, I don't even remember all of them now. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I, I love I love riding my bike. It brings me so much joy. And, you know, even though this guy has kind of been disgraced, but Lance Armstrong, his book, it's not about the bike. I mm-hmm. love that title because it's really not about the bike. Yeah. The bike is a tool that gets you to these places that you would not otherwise probably miss if you're driving in a car or a bus or an airplane. And uh, I just absolutely love it. Awesome. And I hope I'm not um, stealing anything from your YouTube videos for people who haven't watched them. But even when you were on your uh, adventure to get to the start of Ragbri, like you would put notes, you know, like, oh, hey, I'm going to be in this town today. And people would come out of the woodwork and be like, hey, 
Ryan, I'm a big yeah. fan. It was like so it cool. Was crazy. Yeah, because when I started doing YouTube about two and a half years ago, I mean, not many people watched my videos, and maybe my mom and some of her friends. <laughs> and so now, you know, there's, I don't have a huge audience, but it's it's fairly healthy, and it was really cool to see people in tiny town America come out and say hi to me. And it was like, wow, okay, people are actually watching my content. This is exciting. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of your content, um, when you're doing those solo rides, you have fun things that uh, just crack me up, like you're, you know, saying good morning to the cows, or you were cheering yeah. on trains, which just cracked oh, yeah. me up. And, uh, you know, you, you sing a song when you go through tunnels. So, okay, yeah. when you think about those long stretches, how do you keep your mental game so positive? People ask me all the time if I ever get bored on my bike yeah. or if I'm, if I'm always so positive and happy. And the truth is I usually am. I'm a human. I have bad days like anybody. But when I'm on my bike all day, I'm having a great time. Even if it's super hot and there's headwinds, I'm still riding my bike. And I'm very grateful for the fact that that's what I, I get to do with a lot of my days. You know, and it's fun to, you know, say hi to the cows and sing songs. And it just... <laughs> Sometimes it takes your mind off of maybe the physical pain. And I love riding a bike because it's one of the few sports where you, you can sit on your bike and you can dream and you can think and you can figure life out and you can reminisce about good times. And it's, it's really, it's like, a, you know, when you're on your bike eight hours a day, you really, you figure a lot out in life. Yeah. And, uh, I really value that time on my seat. Awesome. And that's so true. I mean, the, the amount of thinking that you do when the only physical thing that you're doing is pedaling, going forward yeah. and keeping your hands on the steering wheel. And then you, your mind is uh, ready to go or handlebars, I oh, should say, not steering wheel. Handlebars. Yeah. 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 You know, I love singing the songs, the Olay song under the tunnels. It's just, you know, it's goofy and it might be a little bit childish, but, uh, it just brings a smile to my face when I do that stuff. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's awesome. Um, well, when you look at uh, sometimes when you're doing the bicycle touring, you are awesome at packing super light. So yeah. give us like some basics on what you actually have in those bags. I don't bring much. And the whole point is, I mean, if your bike is really heavy, it's not as fun to ride. And I see <laughs> so many people on bike tours that have so much stuff. And it's like, you don't, you just don't need that much. So I bring like two pairs of shirts, two pairs of shorts, toiletries. I ride in sandals, so I don't even pack socks. You know, um, if I'm going somewhere where I know it's not going to rain, like the desert, I don't even bring a tent. Oh, wow. Um, if I do have a tent, it's just a really small tent and a sleeping pad. And, you know, I, I document all my adventures. So that's where most of the weight comes from is camera gear and batteries and my drone and all that stuff. Um, I travel with some emergency food, you know, like peanut butter and cans of beans and tortillas and mm -hmm. some, some energy bars and stuff. But a lot of times I try to buy food as I go so I can support the local economies, but also save weight. I mean, if you're packing tons of, uh, you know, nuts and berries and stuff, you're, you're gonna, it's going to get heavy fast. Sure, sure. Um, so that's pretty much it. And so now my bike setup is I just have my, my bike and two rear panniers as the french call it panniers <laughs> okay. as the americans and uh usually some sort of front bag to hold camera stuff but that is about it yeah so the only thing that you have to do especially if you're documenting your adventure is to make sure you find electricity each day yeah so people i get that question all the time yeah. how do i charge up all my stuff 
Yeah, you know, I stop for lunch or, I, you know, town parks almost always have outlets, like in the little gazebo areas. Um, you know, every cafe, truck stop, there's places to charge stuff. And I also, I bring lots of extra batteries mm-hmm. because, you know, one of the most important things when I'm out there is to document the adventure. And if my cameras don't have any power, then it's it's game over. So I really stay on top of keeping things charged. Sure. and And we all appreciate it for sure. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Sometimes people think I have a crew out there filming me, and no, it's all me. <laughs> well, I, I do wonder, so sometimes, you know, when the camera's facing and you come at it and, you know, cruise by and wave or whatever, and then I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, then does he stop and go back and get the camera? And then oh, yeah. go, oh, so you're doing all kinds of back and forth. Oh, yeah, so I'll be riding my bike, and I'll be like, ooh, this landscape is pretty, I should stop, put my camera on a tripod, hit the record button, ride like 100 feet back then ride in front of the camera <laughs> then go back and get the camera and pack it up and i do that throughout the days just to make the videos a little bit more dynamic so you're not just getting one view from the helmet cam which can get a little old and boring so i you know i take a i put a lot of effort into my videos i, I you know i stop and fly the drone and you know i, I interview people i have a bigger camera with that mm-hmm. for that with better audio so there's there's a lot that goes into documenting these trips but in the end, it's it's definitely worth it. Oh, for sure. Um, and maybe this is the answer, documenting everything. But w- what do you enjoy most about being on a bicycle? It's not documenting. Um, I do enjoy that. But uh, what I enjoy most is just the freedom of it. And it's the same feeling I had when I was a kid. Yeah. Remember, you know, when you're a young person, you're on your feet and you, you have these boundaries because you just can't walk that far. And then you get a bicycle. And now the world has opened up to you. And you can you can travel beyond the confines of your neighborhood. And as a kid, that's so exciting. And I love that same feeling now as I the bike is my freedom machine and I can go wherever I want with this. And it it allows me to to meet new people and push my body. And, you know, there was a time there was a day in Nebraska where these blackbirds were following me like it was (laughs) was just crazy. These little magical moments were you only have them if you're like on a bike in the middle of nowhere. I guess it could also happen if you're hiking somewhere. But Cycling to me is, uh, it just, it just makes me happy. Yeah. And the nice thing, as long as, you know, we all stay healthy, you can bicycle Mm -hmm. for a long, long time. Absolutely. It's not hard on your body, like running, you're not going to bash up your joints. Um, and, uh, yeah, you really can. You know, a lot of times cycling is what physical therapists recommend Mm -hmm. when you injure yourself through running or something else. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you run into somebody who, you know, rode their bicycle when they were a little kid and they loved it. What Mm -hmm. advice would you give them if they were thinking about getting back into bicycling? Well, I get these emails all the time from people who watch my videos and say, wow, I haven't ridden in 20 years and your videos look so fun. I want to ride. And they come up with 10 excuses why they can't. Mm. They're too, they're too heavy. They're not physically fit. They don't have the right gear. It's too cold. Blah, blah, blah. There's a million excuses why people don't ride. And what I tell people is just to like to start small. If you start big and you're like, I'm going to ride across the, you know, mm. the country. That's a, that's a very overwhelming thought. But mm-hmm. if you want to just maybe you start with just riding five miles a day or riding to work, um, doing little things. And then you'll start figuring out how all the systems work and what gear you might need and how to be comfortable in the clothing and all that kind of stuff. But it's one of those things where it's like once you decide to do it, once you make the decision then the doing is easy. Yeah. 
And that's, that's really all it takes. You'd be like, okay, I'm going to ride my bike today. You walk downstairs, you go in your garage and you get on your bike and you go, and you're going to, I promise you're going to have that feeling of, wow, this is really nice. This is so much fun. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get, and most people are going to get hooked. Some people might not, but I would say a vast majority of people who get on a bike again after a long break are going to love it. Yes, I totally agree with that. And I think you've mentioned it before, and I've mentioned it on this podcast, that you don't have to go out and buy the most expensive gear for your first bike ride. You just, you know, take the bike that's been sitting in your garage for 20 years, dust it off, make sure the components work, and try it. Totally. You know, I've seen plenty of people on bike tours that just have bikes they bought bought off Craigslist for 500 bucks. And as long as it's a working bike and you know how to fix it, that's all you need. Yeah, true, true. Well, any upcoming adventures you're doing that listeners may want to check out? Well, I'm trying to put some things together. I don't have anything specifically right now. Um, But stay tuned to Doozer TV and there's all, I'm always doing something. Yeah. uh, I'm always dreaming up a new adventure. And do you still have uh, more Ragbri videos that will be coming out? Yes, I'm editing them right now. I took a break to do this podcast. So I'm editing all those videos, and they should be up. The first one will come out this coming Wednesday, and then I'll have a couple more. And this Ragbri was really fun. I met all sorts of um, interesting people. So I'm going to be highlighting a lot of other people's stories in my Ragbri videos this year. Awesome. Well, that brings me to where can people find you? How can they follow you? Yeah, so Instagram is easy. I post almost daily updates on my stories on Instagram. So that's just at Duzer, at D-U-Z-E-R. And then if you want to see like the real nice looking stuff, that's YouTube. So it's youtube.com slash Doozer TV. And then, you know, I have Twitter and all that other stuff. It's, I think it's all Doozer. If you Google Ryan Van Doozer, something will pop up. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, and hopefully somebody at least takes a look at one of those social media outlets because all of it is just awesome. It's really entertaining and inspirational. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, it's been really fun to chat with you. I appreciate you taking the time to ask me these questions it, it it always reminds me when i get to talk about this kind of stuff why i love biking so thank you for the opportunity yay does that mean you're going to get on your bike this afternoon with those sore legs from running yes i'm going to go to the grocery <laughs> store with my bike and uh, it's gonna be great awesome well thank you so much ryan yeah thank you and have a wonderful day yeah well listeners i leave you with a quote from the unwritten book of morphology and i found this quote on ryan's website which is doozertv.com from jim henson I know I drive some people crazy with what seems to be ridiculous optimism, but it has always worked for me. Think about it. This is Andrea, and this got to be Paratalk. I got an email the other day to justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. Email us anytime. I am watching the message inbox, not you. Okay. Anyway, I got an email from Gary, who was a writer this year in 2019. Um, He says a lot of nice stuff about the ride and the podcast. Thank you, Gary. Um, But then his question is, on a pre-reg podcast, there was a mention of a cycling exercising app that you could use when visiting a new town with routes that locals slash others have established. 
Uh, for the life of me, I'm not able to remember the name of that app, and I've scrolled through the history, et cetera, et cetera. Um, many thanks. Gary, I think the app that you're talking about is the RideSpot app by People for Bikes. Um, and it's a fantastic way to use those muscles that you gained on RAGBRAI when you're either in your own town or traveling. Um, because it's a cool way to explore routes that you may not have thought about. Um, in their words, uh, you can use RideSpot to explore, plan, record, and share great rides. Sign me up. Oh, wait, I'm already signed up. Okay. The other thing that you can do is you can sometimes they have printed little cards that have QR codes on them, and you can scan those cards and then get a route uploaded directly to your phone. And what's nice about that is that you don't, first of all, the route is printed on the card also, but you don't, when it's uploaded to your phone, once it's loaded, you don't need to have the internet to access it. So it was fantastic on RAGBRAI for people who like the turn-by-turn GPS instructions, but probably don't have internet cell access all the time. So we had these little scan cards outside of our merchandise trailers every day. Nice memento, nice keepsake, and a great way to make sure that you have the route nailed down. I was going to say a great way to make sure that you're not lost, but if you get lost on RAGBRAI, you have a special talent. And I'm saying that as someone who has gotten lost on the pre-ride many times and on the route itself, let's just say once, okay? All right. So you can look up, using RideSpot app, you can look up classic routes um, just for funsies. You know, maybe you didn't, you ride a route all the time, but you don't actually know how many miles it is or what the feet of climb are or any details. Look up a classic route. You can look up events in your area, um, either by put on by bike shops, clubs, or certain brands. Just depends on who is supporting the app in your area. Um, or... The cool thing, the other cool thing that you can use the app for that you might not have expected is that certain bike shops have put out, or other shops or other clubs have put out these little challenges. And if you complete the challenge ride, then you can get a little prize for doing it. Now, the challenge, the prize obviously varies by the challenge, but it could be a cup of coffee. It could be like, I don't know, a tire cha- free tire change later. I don't, I'm not sure what they all are, but they have little pri- cool little prizes. I mean... Just completing the ride in and of itself and completing the challenge on the app is a fun thing. But sometimes you get a little more for your dollar. Um, So you can look up your own rides. You can look up a social feed. I mean, this app really has it all. And it works for Android. It works for iPhone. um, And I haven't used it in Des Moines previously. But um, you could. It would be great if you would use it and set up a route that other people could use if there aren't any in your area. Um, so it's just a fun, like I said, it's a fun way to keep writing. Once you have gotten all these great muscles from RegBri, you are probably recovered by now. Your bike is probably fixed up again by now. Get back out there and try some rides. It'll probably be a little easier than it was the last time you rode it before RegBri, if you, assuming you haven't been riding since RegBri. So... Um, yeah, so that answers the question. Uh, short and sweet parrot talk today. I hope you all have been biking, getting out there, enjoying this beautiful, uh, like summer, fall weather. What would you call that? Um, swall, uh, summer, uh, some autumn. <laughs> okay. 
Anyway, get out there. Enjoy that weather. Enjoy the beautiful bike riding that there is to be had with your fabulous rag ride muscles. If you're out there, you're riding your bike, the gears in your head start turning, and you have a question for Parrot Talk, let it at me. Show show me the money, baby. Um, you can get a hold of me at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or, as always, you can tweet me at ragby underscore Andrea on Twitter. I do check that. I also check the emails, like I said, podcast at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. Um, even though the quote-unquote bike season is almost over, it's always bike season for me, baby. So I'm ready to talk to you about whatever you want to talk about involving bikes. So have a great week. I'll squawk at you later. Okay, we've come to the end of yet another edition of the Just Go Bike podcast. Thanks again for tuning in each and every week. Hope you're subscribing or hope you're sending off questions. I know uh, the Parrot Box emails were rolling in. That's why we got Parrot Talks this week. So, yeah, if you got anything that you want to talk about on the show, drop us a line. But, hey, certainly subscribe or leave a review. It really does help us out. And uh, who's this podcast brought to you by, Mark? think i was sitting at curious surrounding communities hey we got uh, jingle cross world cup of, of cyclocross coming up in september but all the trails and all the fun are right here in iowa city uh, so come and visit bikes to you one of the best bike shops that you can find in this whole state of iowa um, also great rag bright charter so if you're looking for next year's ride who you're going to go with who's going to haul your luggage check out bikes to you then finally, Primal Wear, custom bike jerseys, shorts, and apparel. Look no further for the best, primalwear.com. All right. Thanks to those sponsors. We keep rolling each and every week. We bring you a podcast, and hopefully you've enjoyed these. Uh, again, drop us a line. Let us know how we're doing. Um, you can stop us on the trail. You can stop us on a, on a road bike. I know we're going to be riding this weekend up in Minnesota, so if anyone's at the Paul Bunyan ride up there, the PBR or the Paul's Bacon Ride, Hey, I, I think Mark and I are going to be up there and a few others. Um, I know they are supporting the John Karras Donald Call statute with some of the funds from that ride. So we appreciate that um, second year for that that nice ride. So I know a whole bunch of Iowans are going up there. So, uh, yeah, if you got an idea, I know there's a couple of listeners uh, that we've seen that are big podcast listeners that will be on that ride. So we're looking forward to seeing you this weekend.
Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.